Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. This series called uh, Identity Theft, and uh, you know we, we've heard and and we talked a little bit about that last week about, about identity theft and people's identity being stolen uh, in this computer internet age when uh, there's so much tricky stuff around and and you know we we we're looking at this again today last week looked at uh, the lie that I have to be strong and we came to the conclusion that uh, God's word says when I'm weak then I'm strong and uh, such a relief isn't it when we we recognize oh I don't have to be strong in God in my weakness in God I can be strong and and this morning we're going to look at the lie that uh, says this is just the way I am this is just the way I am. We let ourselves off the hook so much. Oh, this is just the way I am, you know. You, know, just, you have to put up with it. This is who I am. And, and, uh, uh, and I want to look at that lie this morning. Um, look, the, the point that we started with last week, and I'll reinforce that again this week, is a lie believed the truth will affect you as if it were the truth. So if you believe a lie about your life and you believe it to be the truth, even if it's not the truth and you believe it to be the truth, you respond and react as though it is the truth. And, uh, and we're going to look at another uh, version of that here this morning. You know, because it, it, it's, even if it's not true, we believe it, we're affected by it. And one of the most common lies that, that God's, well, I don't know, as Christians sometimes we believe this is just the way I am. I can't change. I tried before and it didn't work out. Um, and so that proves that I can never, ever change in this area of my life ever again. And, uh, and I did some further reading this week just to, uh, to add a further dimension of that. And I reckon this is a strategy of the enemy as well. Repeat a lie often enough and it becomes the truth. Take note of that. Repeat a lie often enough and it becomes the truth. And it's the law of propaganda, really. It, it's attributed to the uh, to Nazi Joseph Goebbels. And uh, among psychologists, they call it illusion of truth effect. They do some, some experiments as well where they, they, uh, they give you some statements and some facts and, and they say things like, you know, a prune is a dried plum. And people have to say if that's true or false. And, and that is actually true, by the way. But they don't have parallel versions that go, a date is a dried plum. And, and after a break of minutes or even weeks, the participants then go back to the procedure again. And if you put that date is a dried plum and they weren't sure about it, they'll actually say, no, that's true because it's familiar to them. And, and, and I think it's the way the enemy works. It only is a small movement off the truth, but it ends up being a lie, a deception about our lives. And, and, and if it's repeated enough by us, by other people, by that, that voice in our head, it becomes the truth to us. And, uh, and it, it's one of the enemy's greatest strategies, I think. Let's have a look at our scripture today, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 4. Paul says this. This is, this is our strategy, I guess. For though we live in the world, we do not what? We do not wage war as the world does. 
It goes on in verse 4. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, God's weapons, they have divine power. Divine power. Now, that, that power, that word power in the Greek is dunamis. And, and that's like where we get the word um, dynamite from. You know, it is powerful. It's divine dunamis. They have divine power to de- demolish strongholds. So what's a stronghold? What's a stronghold? The word stronghold comes from the Greek word, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce that one, but it means to fortify or it means a strong castle. It literally means a prisoner locked by deception. A prisoner locked by deception. And it's believing a lie. And for so many people there, we are prisoners of a lie. The door is locked and yet we never be able, seem to be able to step out into that freedom that God has got for us. And, and I, I thought of this, you know, you know, for some women and, and girls, you know, that, are, that I've met that are rather thin and, and they'll look in the mirror and they'll think of themselves as fat and you go, wait a minute, you're so thin. They go, no, no, I'm fat. And you go, no, no, you're, you're actually thin. And you go, no, no, I'm fat. And, and I remember in the early days of the church, Simon and Sarah Jane aren't here, are they? But, but they'll remember this well. There was a girl in our church, loved God, loved God with all her heart came from an unchurched family and uh, she believed she was fat and she was horribly skinny, horribly skinny. And she had an eating disorder disorder, and she had many medical interventions. Many times she ended up in hospital and her, her body was basically eating itself. And she couldn't see the truth that she was just so underweight. She believed a lie about herself. In fact, when she looked in the mirror, she saw a fat girl. Even though she was, you could see all the this ribs and everything sticking out. And you think, wow, that is, that's astonishing, really, that someone can believe a lie so much that they actually go to that extent. That she, and so the, you know, until she actually saw the truth of her situation, she believed that lie. And, and she's well today. She's, she's doing well. But it's, it's actually astonishing to me. Because here's the deal. Generally, guys, we're the opposite, you know? Guys think they look good even when they don't, you know? Guys, guys put on the budgie smugglers and, and uh, strut up the beach, you know, with all the blobs hanging out everywhere. And, uh, and, and I think that's it from the enemy, actually. But, uh, you know, if you're walking around with, with, with speedos on, hey, I don't think that's God, you know? And... Uh, uh, I, think, I think it should be illegal, actually, to walk around in Speedos. It's just not right. But I, I know Robin will get dressed in the morning. She'll hide in the cupboard getting dressed. Man, I'm out there. I'm just getting dressed, and I don't really care who sees me. And uh, it's just funny how guys react differently. Anyway, just thought you'd like to know that. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Um, We'll look at several different strongholds that might apply, might apply to your life here this morning. A few different ones we're going to talk about. And, and here's what I'd like, like you to do. So it's very similar to last week. I just want you to recognize uh, if this is you, there, there could be something we talk about here this morning. You go, yep, that's the way I respond. That's the way I react. That's what I do. And, and it's, it's so that you can follow it up. You can actually get into this. Because, you know, I think sometimes we hear preaching, it goes one in here and out the other, and you think, 
there's, there was stuff that I, I agreed with, but I've forgotten what it was. So, so maybe, maybe take some notes, maybe make a checklist, something like that, the stronghold in your area, in your life that you'd like to really start to work on. And the first one I thought of was financial. You know, maybe you feel like this. I'll never be good with money. Maybe you say those sorts of things. I'll never be good with money. I know I have money one minute, next minute it's gone. I don't know where it went. And uh, I don't understand how to budget. And when a check bounces, I just write another check to cover it. And, uh, and, and I just don't understand. I worry about money. I always seem to be in debt. There's never enough. I don't know what to do about it. It freaks me out a little bit. And maybe for you, money is your thing. Just take note of this this morning. If that's you, just, just take note. Be honest. Another area of strongholds that could be in relational strongholds, you know. Um, you could say something like, uh, I'll never have a good relationship. You know, I'll, I'll never get married. Uh, I'll never get married again, for instance. Or, or the one who's married says, you know, we just don't have a good marriage. You know, we always just toughen it out and... and uh, um, or, or you've been married and I trusted people and I got hurt. I'm never going to marry again. I'll never trust anyone again. Or perhaps for you this morning you go, um, I'm not very aff- affectionate. You, you guys are very affectionate, but I'm just not very affectionate. And uh, it's just not the way I am and, and, and I don't feel like I can open up to people, you know. I'm a bit guarded. And, you know, and, uh, and for you, you might say, yes, that, that's a stronghold in my life, relationally. It's a stronghold. Be honest again. Just think about it. Another one might be habitual strongholds. You're addicted to something. You have a habit. Maybe it's gambling, the lottery, alcohol, drugs, poker machines, horses, whatever that is, what, what that looks like, you know. And God, if I win the lottery, I'll tithe on it, you know, and, and you use that little uh, little God tag on the end and uh, oh, I don't know what he thinks about that. But anyway, uh, it's looking at maybe for you, young men and, and apparently young women looking at statistics these days is looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at on the internet, you know? And you're looking and you're looking and again and again and again and again and you tell yourself you should stop but you can't and, uh, um, you know, and you're stuck, you're addicted. You, you, you just, you're stuck on it. And, or maybe you're addicted to some chemical. Maybe it is alcohol or drugs or pain medication, or you're smoking, you know, you, 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 you smoke, and uh, uh, cigarettes, and, or weed, or whatever you, you, you do, you know, or maybe this is a bit of a touchy one, but maybe you're addicted to caffeine, you know, and, uh, and, and that, that, that 10 o'clock on the morning comes up, and I haven't had my coffee, and look out of the way, I'm, I'm getting a bit cranky, maybe it's a habitual stronghold for you, so think about that, is that you? Here's another one. Mental. Not saying you are mental, but it's just saying that, that you've got a, a mental battle. I just have a bad attitude. I just have a bad attitude. You know, in the morning, I'm just a negative person. You know, during the day, I just have moods, you know, and just have to get over it. I can't change just who I am, you know, and, and just get out of my way. You know, leave me alone. Or maybe for you, it's your swear, and you've never been able to get over that. It's something that you just swear in situations under stress. And I try to stop and I, I just know that I, it's the way I was raised. It's just the way I am. It's who I am. And you just use it as an excuse and it's a stronghold in your life. Here's another one, a spiritual stronghold. And here's some thoughts about this. So you'd be the person to say, I'm on fire for God today. And then two days later, you're in the doldrums. Where's God? What's going on? You know, you're lukewarm. 
Or, or you commit to saying, yep, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Every day I'm going to read my Bible two or three weeks, sometimes two or three days in. You go, that's it. I can't read my Bible anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Everyone else seems to have this real faith. I just don't. I seem to pray and nothing happens. Or maybe it's sharing your faith. You know, I think this is the one we need to be challenged on the most. Maybe you're fearful of sharing your faith. Maybe you're fearful of, of, of preaching the gospel like Robin talked about. Now, you know, I'm not suggesting we get up on the main road's corner and preach the gospel necessarily. We've got to live the gospel. We've got to live it and let them know that there's a better way. You know, maybe you're fearful and, and get so small-minded when you think about bringing people to church, asking people to church. Maybe there's something in you that just holds back and goes, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Come on, we've got the answers. We've got the victory for the rest of our lives. Seriously, why would we be fearful about that? You know, the statistics say that, that 25% of people are open to being asked to church. So yes, three out of four will say no, but it's that one will say yes. That's the one we're going for. That's the one we, we need to be sharing the good news with, saying that there's a better way, there's a, a different way to do it. And maybe your spiritual stronghold is in that area. Maybe for you it's a physical stronghold. Uh, and maybe you're a person to say, look, I just don't like the way I look. There's a thousand things I'd like to change about me. You know, I see food and I eat it or, you know, I haven't got hair on my head, but I've got lots of hair on my back or, or something like that. And I can't exercise, don't want to exercise. And every time I try to exercise, it never happens. And, uh, and I've got this physical stronghold going on there. And our spiritual enemy continues to tell you, that's just the way you are. You can't change. And you believe it. You believe it. And you live your way that way. And it's actually saying to God, even God, you can't change me. Saying you're powerless, God, in this. This is just the way I am. And it's the biggest insult to God if you think about it. It's the biggest insult, you know. Because you're basically saying you don't have the power to change me. I'm a prisoner and I'm locked in deception. The truth is, with the power of God, he can change anything. Anything is possible in Christ. And that's what we're going to look at here. Just some simple strategies. And I haven't got a thousand points. There's just three points here this morning. These could be helpful for you. And we need to ultimately surrender to the power of God that we can be completely free of those strongholds that hold us back in our lives. Just three biblical thoughts uh, to move you in the right direction. So, so these are just strategies. The first one we're going to do, we're going to learn that by the power of God, we can capture wrong thoughts. We can capture wrong thoughts. Any thought that's inconsistent with God's word, we're not going to allow continue in our head, in our brain. We're going to capture those thoughts before they get outworked by word or deed. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, that we will demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Anything's not of God, we demolish it. What do we do? We take it. We take it. We take it captive. What do we take captive? Every thought. Every thought that's not of God, we take captive. And we make it obedient to Christ. Anything outside God's truth, we grab it, we take captive, we make it a prison, we make it obedient to Christ. We don't allow any thought that isn't consistent with God's word to stay there. And, and, and I know 
I've said that in a few words, but that's really difficult. I know it is. I actually do know this. Here's a quote that I, I, um, I want to just share with you because I just think it's great. See, it says this, Watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits before they become character. Watch your character be- before it becomes your destiny. And thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, habits become character, and eventually it's our destiny is at work there. That's why it's so important to capture those thoughts in the front end, to grab those negative thoughts, those thoughts that you know aren't of God. You know that if if God was sitting with you, if Jesus was with you, and and you were thinking something, he'd go, no, no, don't think that. That's, that's not God thinking. That's not the right thinking. And you capture those thoughts and you take them prisoner. You go, God, I'm going to throw them away. I'm going to replace it with your word. <laughs> Let me explain it this way. And as you know, I like to have a bit of a go at myself or my wife, just depending on what mood I'm in. But uh, this, is, this is me this morning. So, uh, um, <laughs> you know, and look, I, I have amazing team here we have amazing team here at at church you know great great people on staff and and huge team volunteers and most of them know that I've got pretty high expectations most of the time you know and uh, it's something I've probably battled with a little bit in my life that that uh, a little bit wound up sometimes a bit intense sometimes and and, uh, I kind of let that sharpness come out of my mouth every now and then and uh, and when things aren't done the way that I want them done I can just get a little edgy and uh and, and, you know, if you ask the team, they'll know. Yeah, Greg's not happy. Look out. You know, watch out. He's on the warpath or, or whatever. And, and so I don't end up doing it in an encouraging way. So in my mind, in the past, I've just said, you know, oh, that's just who I am. You get the good and the bad, tough luck, work it out, you know. And, uh, and, and I can get frustrated and sharp and edgy. And sometimes I have tried to change, not really with much conviction, but I just thought, oh, maybe I should. And, uh, but I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago, actually, um, I got really challenged on this, really challenged, because I just knew it wasn't the way to lead a church. I just knew as a senior leader, that's not the way to do this thing, Greg. Yes, there's stuff that needs to be done. Yes, there's stuff that's not getting done right. And, uh, and I had to learn to capture my thoughts before they became words or before they became actions. And, and it's actually to hold on to those and go, you know what, that's not a helpful thing, Greg, come on. Get, get with it. And one strategy I got, this is simple, but, but it's just one strategy. On a Sunday morning, instead of being on a mission, on the, you know, and, and everyone will know this look if, if you've been around for a little while. It's like, Greg's on a mission. Look out. He's on his way somewhere. Um, I actually had to slow myself down and just walk through people, the church. Just walk through the crowd and not, not be on a mission, not be on a task, not be on, I've got to get that done because it's our... Uh, and it actually just helped me not be so task-focused and ignore people on the way. Not that I intended to ignore people. I love people. But when I got the task there, sometimes it's the most important thing, and I forget about people. And, uh, and I've improved on that a little bit, if maybe if you ask people close to me over these last years. Until last week. So... I'm full of expectancy and anticipation for what's going to happen. I've been on holidays, refreshed, feel like I've got a good message for the church, really worked, you know, 
through some stuff in God and uh, came to church and, and everything seemed good. There was good buzz in the air and the atmosphere was great. And, and then 10 o'clock came and I'm thinking, why isn't the countdown started? How come there's no people on, on the stage? And, and uh, so I'm sort of scratching my head thinking, what's going on? And, and uh, we, we need to have started. And, and I sort of just walked up the back and everyone's just standing around looking at each other. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And no, no one sort of said anything, and I'm just pacing around a little bit, getting a little bit more cranky, and, and uh, hey, come on, guys, come on, come on, start that stupid countdown, will you? Anyway, I found down that the power had tripped just before the start of the service last week. And, uh, you know, I'm getting more and more frustrated as they're trying to reset everything and get everything going, and we're running late, and I'm trying to work out what's going on and why that thing go and now oh, we've got this problem with this circuit. Well, why do we put those urns on that circuit if we know there's a problem with that circuit? So I went out and I'm going to fix it and I gra- gra- went out and grabbed into the hall because I knew there's extension leads there. Grabbed some extension leads, bent over and went bang, hit my head and saw stars. It was like, whoa, capture that thought, capture that thought, capture that thought. God, again, get, capture that thought, capture that thought. So I reckon I captured about 98 of them but two might have just snuck out. So, um, uh, you know, and the truth is, um, there'll be those times when our thoughts will wander, when we get caught off guard. But we need to capture those thoughts. Capture those thoughts. I, if you think, I can't change, capture that thought. I'm not good at this. Capture that thought. I just get angry. That's just the way I am. No, capture that thought. Make it obedient to Christ. You know, I remember Bill Corville um, it, say, say if lust is your problem, if you young men particularly and old men probably too, um, you see a nice-looking girl or woman, and 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 your eyes stay on that person for too long, and uh, your thoughts can get adjusted in that. And so Bill Corwell used to say a really good thing. He said, "I'm not sure if it's a one-second rule or a three-second rule. Does anyone know? Two, in between. Okay, I was right, straddling it. Two-second rule." You can look at her for two seconds, but then you've got to pray a prayer blessing over her. So, so it's like, oh, she's, she's good looking. God bless that young woman. Yeah, bless that person. And it actually helps change, captures any thoughts that potentially could go further. Now, I'm not saying that we're deviants and we walk around looking at what, you know, women and, and we weren't thinking lustful thoughts. No, I'm not thinking that. But sometimes if we let our eyes linger long enough, our thoughts can start to go to places that they shouldn't go. So, oh, she's beautiful. God bless that young woman, you know, and, and do it that way. And it, it captures any potential thoughts as a consequence of that. If your mind says, I can't overcome this addiction, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't get away from whatever it is for you, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever that is for you, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie. I've tried before and I can't do it. Capture that thought. You know, that, look, I have counseled, counseled some young men um, on pornography. And, uh, and it's actually, there's a time where just one thought comes in their head. Just one thought, one, one image. It can be an image on TV. It can be an image somewhere. And that, that, that gets their attention. All of a sudden... They started down this track. That's exactly the point that we need to capture that thought and, and, and speak God's word into it to, tr- to tr- change the track to, to God's blessing 
you know, favor, whatever that is. And we need to get good at that, young men, because that affects your whole life. I'm telling you, I've counseled some sad guys in this, that their marriages are broken up because of pornography. They've got so caught up in it. And it, 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 it's, it's fantasy. It's not real. It's not real. It's nothing like life is meant to be. And we get caught up in this thing. Sorry, got a bit of a tangent then. We make that thought obedient to Christ. I can do all things through Christ who, through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror, you know, through Jesus Christ. I'm an overcomer, not by my own power, but the blood of the Lamb, you know, by the words of my testimony. Capture that wrong thought and, and throw it down and replace it with the Word of God. You know, Paul was so great at this. From a prison maybe waiting to be executed in Philippians 4.8, he says this, Whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what do we do? We think about such things. We capture all the wrong thoughts and replace them with the God thoughts in Christ. That's one, and I've spent way too long on that. Second thought is this. We release the right words, and also I thought about this this morning. It actually is actions as well. It's not just words. The actions is the next step. We capture the wrong thoughts and release the right words. You know, Proverbs 8.21, the tongue has the power of what? Of life and death. So many people speak words of death and defeat. You know, I'm going to show this to you this morning because sometimes it's not even just the words we speak. It's actually the motivation behind them. There's a video I'm going to show, Max, that uh, the first half will probably give you a world view of something and the same words are said from God's perspective. Let's have a look at this. This is the truth. If you turn things upside down, you can't hope for your life to change. I would be lying to you if I said that you have a great future ahead. That you can recover from past mistakes. That your life can be filled with joy. That you can have a deep sense of purpose. More than anything, you must know. Human beings cannot accomplish these things. And I am convinced of this because I know you. All you are capable of is failure. You have made a complete mess of your life, and I refuse to believe under any circumstances that you can turn things around in the coming years. You may think your life is bad now, but there is much more to come. You have only one destiny, and whether you like it or not, this is what is real. I am the Lord your God. You should know, I believe, exactly the opposite. I am the Lord your God. This is what is real. And whether you like it or not, you have only one destiny. There is much more to come. You may think your life is bad now, but you can turn things around in the coming years. I refuse to believe under any circumstances that you have made a complete mess of your life and all you are capable of is failure. And I am convinced of this because I know you. Human beings cannot accomplish these things. 
More than anything, you must know that you can have a deep sense of purpose, that your life can be filled with joy, that you can recover from past mistakes. You have a great future ahead. I would be lying to you if I said that you can't hope for your life to change if you turn things upside down. This is the truth. You see, just changing very little can change our perspective. Just, just see, the lie is so close to the truth. Sometimes we can't um, recognize the lie in our situation. Hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to move quite quickly now. Okay, so, so basically we allow wrong thoughts which end up in wrong words. Um, uh, okay, let's have a look at Psalm 1914. It says this, May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart capture the wrong thoughts, release the right words. May the words of my mouth the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and redeemer. Are your thoughts and words pleasing to God? Are your thoughts and words pleasing to God? You, you may be believing the lie, oh, I just can't change. You're a prisoner locked in deception when we believe that. Jesus Christ, by his power, will set us free. And third thought here this morning. Capture the wrong thoughts, release the right words. Third one is attack and win. And this sounds a bit interesting. But Colossians 1, verse, uh, sorry, Colossians 1, 29 and 2 to Chapter 2 and first verse there. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which is so powerfully works in me. To this end I labor. See, there's, there's, there's something we've got to do. And how does he labor? He's struggling with all Christ's energy. See, his energy is Christ's energy. It's not about our own energy. It's about working with God's energy in the situation. He's struggling with all the energy of Christ that so powerfully works inside him. And it's one of the mistakes we make, I reckon. There's two, two options here, I reckon. One mistake we make is I've got to work harder, I've got to be better, I've got to be stronger. I've got to be, if I was really over devoted, I'd overcome this. It, it, it's all about me. And we make it all about us. And the other one is then the well-meaning Christian philosophy that says, I prayed about it, now God's got to do it, you know, and, and I prayed about it now, it's all up to God. No effort, not going to do anything, no struggle. But in reality, it is the power of him working in me and you. You know, it's me doing my part and God doing his part, his, his strength in that. It's not all me, it's not all him, it's a we thing. It's all we, it's all us together. It's us created to need him. It's him waiting for us to call on him in his power. It's in his strength working in us and through us. And that word struggling is translated, uh, uh, actually means to struggle, to compete for a prize, to contend with an adversary and win. To contend with an adversary, with an enemy, with a, someone you're competing against and win. 
And it also is a, a root word of agony. So I'm agonizing, and his power is carrying me. I'm doing everything I can, but it's not in my own strength. It's different this time. It's with God, in God, in Christ. You see, we can say, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, and it's not making a difference. I've even tried and prayed. And the difference is between trying and praying and trying and surrendering. Surrendering to God. Seriously, there's so much about our Christian walk. It's all about surrendering. It's just giving it all to God and say, God, in my own strength, I can't do it. But in you, declaring it, proclaiming it, in you, in your strength, I can. It's trusting God's power. You see, I very rarely use harsh words when I'm, even when I'm disappointed these days. So I've been able to renew my mind, I guess, and just take those thoughts captives when they come into my head. My old nature is dead, mostly, and it, it doesn't dominate me like it used to. You know, your spiritual enemy will say you can't change, but the truth is you can. But it has to be through Christ and in Christ, in his strength. Release the right words with his power. Attack and win, if you like. And you know, today's a day that Jesus sets us free if we want it, if we want it, if we need it, if we're seeking him, if we're really looking for him in our circumstances. See, it's the Son who sets us free, and we're free indeed. And I want you to just reflect honestly, just for a few seconds. I'm going to finish right just a minute. If the band want to come, get ready. But is there a stronghold? in your life. I want you to narrow it down. What is the one thing that God wants me to change? What's the one thing that God wants me to change? What is it in you? What is that? You might say, oh, Greg, there's something I do want to learn how to capture my thoughts. I do want to speak the right words. I absolutely need God's power to win this. Let me tell you that today is the day that that, that victory starts. Right now declaring God's goodness and his mercy and his grace and his strength and his power into your circumstances. And this is where your victory starts right now. So you're ready to pray? You're ready to pray? Have you got that thing in your mind? If there's something you know has been holding you back from the victory and the freedom and the, and, and the, the, the wonderful, expansive life that we can live in Christ, maybe what that is. Let's pray together, hey? Father, we thank you for your holy presence here this morning. You know, we, we thank you so much that we're your children and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God, give us the ability to recognize the lies of our enemy, to capture those lies, to make those thoughts obedient to our son, Jesus Christ. God, that I may speak words in agreement with your truth, that I may live in that truth and your power will set me free. God, I pray that I'll no longer be bound by lies and deceit and, and the enemy. God, that I'll live an expansive, abundant life. God, that I won't be fearful any longer. I won't be held back from all the purpose you have for each one of us here this morning, God. God, that I'll lift my, my arms and hands in prayer to you to surrender to you, your strength, your power. Bring that complete victory into my life, God. 
We thank you that our relationships will be better, that our habits will be broken, that any even generational curses will be broken here this morning. God, that, that, that we can thank you ahead of time of what you're, you're doing at this moment spiritually in this world and yet what you're also yet to do. We thank you that your power is breaking strongholds through your glory and through your Son, Jesus Christ. We declare that in that name that is above all names, and it is the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We declare that. We declare that. And just one other group I want to pray for just before I finish. You here this morning, maybe you've never found the true freedom of being a follower of Christ. You know, you, you might have done church. You might have done the form of it. You, you might have thought, you know, I've tried to be good. I've tried to be religious. And it just hasn't made, taken roots. It just hasn't done anything. And for many of us, we try to work our way to God. We try to, be, try to please God. True freedom comes through when we experience God in a relational way through His Son, Jesus Christ. No other way. No other way. And some of you probably even, I could say that's for me. I've, I've tried to change. I've tried to be good. End up doing the wrong thing. End up down the wrong track. It's only when we meet God's power through His Son, Jesus, that we're able to change, that we're able to be more like Him. God is crazy about you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to this earth to live in the sin, to live, in a, uh, live a perfect life and a sinless life, but in amongst the sin and the stuff. And he invited followers of him so they could have more. They could have eternity in heaven. And here this morning, you know, the scripture comes to mind, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's the first step. That's the first step. And here this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity. Well, eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Maybe you feel like you've done the form of this, but you've never actually stepped into a true relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you here this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. Well, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. All you have to do is just put your hand in the air and say, Greg, you know what? That's me. That's me. Is that you here this morning? Here's an opportunity to start that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else here this morning? Is that you? Come on. Let's be honest and real here this morning. I've been living the form, but I'm not being re- living that as a reality in my life. Is that you here this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for new life. We thank you for the Word of God. God is powerful. God, we, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know what? When we were singing that... that um, that chorus there this morning and we're just going oh oh I reckon that's the way the Holy Spirit prays over us just that moan that groaning that 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 thing of he loves you and sometimes it's even hard to put in words oh Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit do what only you can do in the name of Jesus Christ Amen Amen Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.